You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but we're letting it breathe just for a moment or two here as we bring on Facebook and get everybody good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. Pardon me. Powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, just before we went live, well, not just before, but not long before we went live, you published an article covering a little something, something that Vic Fangio had to say about Javante Williams that happened to get picked up by Pro Football Talk, got picked up by Roto World. Drop some knowledge on the community and let everyone know what he said and why the national media found it to be noteworthy. Uh, he basically was talking about going into the preseason opener against the Vikings that uh, Vic Fangio was really anxious to see Javante Williams in practice because one thing that he talked about, which is something else that he uh, – uh, Vic Fangio confirmed is that you can look good in practice if you're a running back. Same with offensive linemen. Uh, but it's another thing to look good when the pads go on, the lights go on. And he wanted to see Javante Williams in a real life, real live game situation. And obviously, like you see right there, he did not disappoint. Javante did not average 5.8 yards per tote. He punished Minnesota defenders with every single carry. He had that four yard touchdown nullified by a penalty, but for a first time rookie debut, he could not have looked better. And I just think he wanted to see Vic Fangio did because he's so grizzled. He's such an old school guy. He's so maybe a bit on the cynical side. He wanted to see, listen, is this second round rookie who we traded up for and uh, gave up capital for, is he the real deal? And I think uh, that's where the anxiety came in. But I think that anxiety is also quelled. I like here that you uh, you threw in this quote, too, from Drew Locke, which I referenced on last night's pod, where he was talking about how amidst the nerve-wracking kind of atmosphere of having the lights on, and, you know, you got to compete, it's it's the NFL, let's go. Uh, Javante Williams was a, a ray of calmness. He said, quote, I said it on the sideline. He's probably one of the youngest, calmest guys I've ever been around. I say young, being a rookie, but he's just extremely calm. I haven't seen him, quote, unquote, rattled or the moment's too big. I know we just played in our first preseason game. It's not the regular season, whatever it may be, but being next to him back there, it honestly gives me a little more calmness just being able to be relaxed because he knows his job. He knows what he, uh, he needs to do, and when he gets the ball in his hands, he runs pretty hard close quote so Zach he's already as a rookie influencing the slightly more veteran young quarterback Drew Locke who let's face it you know could use a little bit of uh I don't know bolstering confidence support from his guys he can use dependability at running back and right now the Broncos have zero of that Melvin Gordon sat out with what Vic Fangio later confirmed to be a groin little groin issue Mike Boone's obviously out four to six weeks with a quad injury uh, and now it came out that Levante Bellamy is on the shelf for a little bit with an ankle injury. So the Denver backfield is really thin right now. And he and or any quarterback in Denver, be it Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, they desperately need a running game to lean on. And if he can lean on a guy that averaged almost six yards a carry 
every, uh, repeatedly fell forward, always moving the chains, always churning his legs, that kind of uh, bull in a china shop, that is going to help the quarterbacks out immensely, help the passing game out immensely, and help this team score more points and win more games. Guys, we have a lot to get to. We're going to talk about, <clears throat> pardon me, also something Vic Fangio had to say about the quarterback competition and when he kind of, I wouldn't say he stipulated a timeline, but he, for the first time, kind of hinted at one perhaps being more imminent than we may have realized. Before we get into all of that, let me first go through some quick matters of business, starting with, Zach, we got to update everybody on where things stand on the jersey giveaway on Facebook. Uh, first of all, on our uh, subscription goal, hey, we're over 103 on Facebook. Our goal is to 250. Shout out to those of you who have pulled the trigger and subscribed as a supporter of Mile High Huddle on Facebook. You get access to our premium VIP uh, podcast that is exclusive only to that Facebook supporter subscription. Uh, and you're helping us keep the lights on. Here's the jersey giveaway, though. And remember, this is we're trying to get to 500,000 stars on Facebook. And when we do, we're raffling off a Vaughn Miller jersey as well as a little MHH memento from myself, Zach, some of your favorite MHHers. And it's going to go only to the people who are sending in the stars and contributed, uh, contributing to that goal. All right. The more stars someone has uh, put toward the goal, the more tickets they're going to have in the hat, so to speak. And so let's see the leaderboard. Zach, we're at 39% complete to the goal. What were we last night? 36, I want to say. Yes. Right? That's three percentage points. We're moving up quickly. Here's the leaderboard. Zeus still with a comfortable lead in number one. Travis Weber comfortably at number two. And I say that because he's been a few days from being able to star. And yet look at him, man. 50, almost 16,000 stars. Michael Ronquillo right there at three. Andrew Lampy four. Howie freaking day at five, uh, Gary Leeds Palmer at six, Andrew Baker at seven, Travis Tarbox eight, Claude Riley nine, and then Matthew Beatty at 10. And then as you can see on the screen, here's the last few names that kind of round out the top 15. So shout out to you guys. That's where things stand going into tonight's stream. And we'll update where everyone's at on the stars in this stream uh, here in a few minutes. So Zach, real quick, just to make sure everyone understands how to support us on Facebook Go to facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. You'll know you're in the right place. 95,000 fellow Broncos fans following that page. There's a big blue button at the top that says become a supporter. Click that, and you guys, you're in like Flynn. Also, connect with us on Twitter. At HuddleUpPod is the main pod account. And then the main account for Mile High Huddle, at Mile High Huddle. My partner in crime here, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. Also, guys, take a second and check out the merch store. Get your swag on, get a hat, get a t-shirt, get a polo, get a face mask, a beanie. There's a little something for everybody, and it's another great way to support what we are doing here every single day at MHH. And then, guys, last thing, kindly throw a like and a follow to our Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page. Zach, not everyone's using Facebook uh, nowadays or some of the, the younger members in our community, but it's still probably the number one social media, most used social media in the world. So if you're on Facebook, guys, head on over uh, Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Give it a like. Give it a follow. Helps us out tremendously. And if you're not in a position to do those things, all good. Just make sure you're subbed, all right, whether it's, hey, uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Pods. Make sure you're subscribed. Like this video, please, if you're on Facebook or YouTube. And then if we're doing a good job for you, share this video out there and help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. 
All right, Zach, did you hear real quick? And we'll, as I scroll down and get to some of the, our great superstars, what Vic Fangio said about the quarterback uh, decision. Um, first and foremost, did you get a chance to check out Fangio's presser today? Yeah, uh, most of it. So he was asked, um, hey, is there a chance that depending on how the Seattle game shakes out, that you could make a decision at quarterback from there and then you know, go into the dress rehearsal game, the third and final preseason game this year, with a named starter loaded for bear, all, you know, everything kind of funneling toward that guy. And he said, quote, it's possible. Now, Zach, that might not be, uh, you know, anything to write home about per se, but it's the first time that Fangio has given us any kind of real timeline. And it feels a little bit imminent. I mean, up until this point, Zach, all we knew was that one would be named by week one. Well, literally two days ago, Vic Fangio was talking in absolutes, saying absolutely not. There's not going to be a decision, and there's absolutely no separation in the quarterback competition despite Drew Locke separating himself from Teddy Bridgewater. I think anyone with eyes can see that, and and some Drew Locke critics are now calling for Drew Locke to start because they want what's best for Denver and getting the first-string quarterback Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The same spiel we talk about every day. You know, I, I think Fangio is giving a little bit to Locke by saying that, but while also keeping the air, again, of fairness and objectivity in the locker room. We talked about it a lot yesterday, is that Fangio has to appease everyone, and a lot of the players are partial or at least very, um, I don't know, attracted to Bridgewater's personality, his, his mentorship, what he brings to the locker room and the whole team. So Vic Fangio has to be fair, and again, he backed himself into a corner already by saying in advance that Bridgewater would start week two. He did not leave that open after the first week. He already made a decision. He can't go back on it, but I think saying it's possible is throwing Locke a little bone and acknowledging the separation that he saw on Saturday. Very, very interesting take. I hadn't quite looked at it that way, but you got me thinking. That's very interesting. Let's grab Malachi here. Thank you, Malachi. It's good to see you, my friend. He says, when Drew becomes the starter, the offense uh, should be nicknamed locked and loaded this season. Hey, man, let's hope because we do know in reality, Zach, this offense is loaded. And look, you had Sutton, not a lot of Fant in uh, Minnesota. There was no Garrett Bowles. I mean, they were playing with half half of their, you know, one arm tied behind their back as much as the Vikings defense was, too. As big as a Locke fan that I am, and I think he could be good, I got burned by Drew last year with the, you know, MV, not MVP talk, but the year of Drew and him throwing for 4,000 yards and being an established franchise quarterback. I don't want to get burned just yet after one preseason game. It's, it's, I'm not ready to, you know, that office meme where it's like, I'm ready to get hurt again. I'm not quite there yet with Drew Locke. I'll be there in a few weeks by, by week one for sure. It's one preseason game, though. He looked good. And like everybody else, critics included, I want to see Locke do that, Chad, two weeks in a row, not just one week. Dave, this is a ride or die supporter of the brand, big time member of our community. He gets over to YouTube, comments, likes, and then he heads on over to Facebook just because he wants to support what we're doing here. So, Dave, we see you. We appreciate you, my friend. And, yeah, listen, guys, I know we got some uh, complaints, look, on being timely. We schedule the stream at 10 after 6 uh, for a reason. We try to give ourselves a little bit of a window of time because Zach and I juggle many, many things. You guys got to remember something. And I'm not trying to make excuses here because we do, in a perfect world, we would definitely prefer to be punctual and on the dot. 
Uh, but all of your favorite MHH hosts, all right, that host podcasts here, they got their podcast and an article maybe here or there to worry about. Zach and I are managing the whole machine, everything from videos, articles, social media, <clears throat> editing articles, editing videos, editing pod, like all that stuff is under our purview. So sometimes we get a little consumed and, you know, puts us behind the eight ball when it comes time to, to go live. So that's just a little look behind the curtain, Zach. Yeah. And not to mention, Chad, that we're balancing other, you know, writing responsibilities, obligations as well. You have the Colts beat. I have the Cowboys beat. We're, we're wearing a lot of hats. So we're trying to make everything happen, but we do apologize for when we are tardy. We, we right. try to make it up to you that we hope the podcast is always of worthy quality though. Great to see the ladies of MHH already showing out in the chat. Christy, Michaela, great to see you too. Um, all right. I'm going to hope that this stream doesn't jump too much here and see where we're at real quick. Let me scroll back up. Oh my goodness. You guys can tell wow. what, what few hairs remained on this wow. dome just got blown off completely by Casey wow. Nickel, who thank you. we haven't seen in the chat for a long time. So now he's back in the chat and he's doing it with authority and just dropping our jaw. Thank you so much, Casey. Yes. That is just extremely generous. You know, we appreciate it. It really does help to keep, uh, keep the lights on here. So thank you, my friend. He says, I usually only catch the pod after y'all go live, but how about them Broncos, baby? Locke looked so good, and he's becoming more and more polished. Now, do it again. Have a good one, guys. Go Broncos. Thank you, Casey and Zach. Before you react to Casey's generosity, one thing I wanted to add to what he said here about becoming more and more polished is it's not just as a player. This was something that jumped out to me, and I heard uh, Mark Schlereth of 104.3 The Fan echo today. I've tuned in for a minute, and he talked about um, – how even after they pulled Drew from the game and it was time for Teddy to go in, he had a little sideline interview, right, with Mike in his face. And just the way he comes off, the way his his energy, his, you know, just his his juju, for lack of a better term, just seems more grown up, just seems more mature. And that's encouraging yeah. as well. And I think that's a, another reason to expect it to come out in the wash on the actual field. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know what – how many more people have to tell you if you're still skeptical about Drew Locke, the same thing? I mean, you can still question whether he can be a franchise quarterback or his ceiling in Denver, his ceiling in the NFL. I think what you can't question, and I know it might be premature still to say, but this is the entire offseason now. It's not just the first preseason game. It's training camp. It's what he did in the offseason with Peyton Manning, the work he put in every single day. It's night and day difference from last year, and I think that's undeniable. What that translates to remains to be seen, but he does look more polished. The entire thing looks more polished because it wasn't just Locke last year. A lot of it was the coaching. A lot of it was the play calling. A lot of it was the game planning. A lot of it was Pat Shermer, and to Shermer's credit, Chad, you agree with me, his play calling was modern. It was refreshing. It actually worked. So if those things align and those things go hand in hand, there is really no limit to what this offense could be. But for sure, I think Locke looks much better. I think the sessions with Peyton Manning have paid off. The, the film he's been he's been breaking down. And also Teddy Bridgewater, which he's admitted has helped him. I mean, it's not Jeff Driscoll. It's not Brett Rippon. This is a veteran, former starter. He's an accurate guy, a steady guy. And I think that steadiness, at least on that one play where Locke, Locke, Locke tucked and ran, I think that steadiness has, has kind of rubbed off on Drew uh, to this point. Real quick, some housekeeping here. The chat has jumped, and we can't grab John or Anthony um, 
but I can see part of them on the back end. We still can't access our settings. And I th actually, I did some reading up on this, contacting YouTube, trying to figure out why, why can we not access the history of our Super Chat superstars. And I think it's because they're working on a new form of Super Chat called Super Thanks. And I think while they perfect that and get it rolled out, this particular feature for us as, as creators, they call us on YouTube, uh, is limited. But Zach, if you see John, John said, uh, and thank you for the super chat, John Houston. He said, hello, are the rumors true that Vic and Shermer, and then it cuts off. So John, if you can maybe put that back in the chat, not as another super, just put the question or comment back in. And then Anthony Bomer said, next week, we might know our quarterback. Yes, indeed, Anthony. We might. We'll see. We'll see. What a cliffhanger. Is Shermer and Fangio what? Is Shermer and Fangio what? Tell us. Let us know. Yes. So if you wouldn't mind, John Houston, please just throw that comment back in the chat, and I promise you we will find it and uh, take care of you on that. But, Casey, you demand, dude. Seriously, thank you so much, brother. Um, okay, I can try to me... fill in the blanks, though. I, they're not at odds, and I think they're tied at the hip, if that's what John's trying to say. But let us know for sure. Yeah. All right. While we uh, – if you wouldn't mind grabbing Travis here. Yeah. Zach, I'm going to pull up uh, today's how we're looking on, on stars in this stream. Sounds good. Appreciate you, Travis, hopping in like you do every podcast. We definitely appreciate you. Evening Priest, he says, it's so good to see our Broncos have some depth this year. Even our backups look good. DB for life. Travis, I made the same exact point right after the game on Twitter. I think most people noticed this is not the Broncos of years past. Unlike the post-Peyton Manning Denver outfits, the second string, the third string are not equally as talented, but very capable in their own right. And that's basically why the Broncos won this game going away not just by three points, by 27 points, 33 to six. So the, the backups looked amazing. And when, you know, again, I said this yesterday, when your backup running back is Javante Williams, when your fourth wide receiver is Tim Patrick, I mean, that's a good position to be in. And that extends to the defense as well. When your fourth cornerback is PS2, who had a pick six in his debut, they're in a really good place. And everyone's crediting George Payton. He deserves the credit for that. But the foundation really was laid by John Elway. And his draft classes from 2018 on are starting to pay off. So I think uh, he deserves some credit as well. Absolutely. Absolutely he does. Uh, Zeus, number one today. This is only today's stream. Thank you, Zeus. You know we love you, dude. First face etched up on the MHH Mount Rushmore. you got to peer through the clouds. It parts. That visage, Zeus McPeak looking down on you. Howie freaking day, though, giving him a run for his money. Appreciate you, bro. Travis Tarbox, you the man. Ron Frey, Andrew Baker, and then over here, Zach, we got Kevin Carrillo. Is it Carrillo or Carrillo? I think it's Carrillo. Uh, Gary Leeds Palmer and Zebulon. What's going on, man? Thank you very much for your support and your stars, and we will check back in to see where things stand on this front in just a few more minutes. Um, but, Zach, on that topic, we're talking Facebook and stars. Howie says – there's a rumor floating around that Shermer and Fangio want Teddy to start, but Elway and Peyton want Drew. Have you guys heard this? I have not heard this, Zach. Um, let's look at it. Let's try and tackle it somewhat from a logical perspective. All right. Would it, does it, would it take a rocket scientist to assume the coaches who are, <laughs> whose jobs are not guaranteed tomorrow? Whereas look, Elway, he's out the he's one foot out the door. He's gone probably after this year, right? Contract expires, step down as GM. Peyton, he's got another five years on a pretty solid footing GM contract, regardless of what happens or might happen with ownership. So they have more of a they they have the luxury of being able to take a little bit more of a long view. Whereas Shermer and Fangio, they're under the gun. 
And if they believe that the more polished, you know, Teddy Bridgewater consistent, that's what you can, you know, Teddy, he is what he is. He gives you what, what he gives you. The floor is much higher, uh, but he's consistent, right? It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't stun me if this were true, but no, I haven't heard this. I'm going to say this right now. This might be a hot take. I might have to save it for KK on Sunday. But if, if this is the version that we're getting of Drew Locke, if that was just a preview and not an outlier of Drew Locke, then the floor of Drew Locke might be better than Teddy Bridgewater's floor as well. We know the ceiling is better. So I haven't heard this rumor, though. I First of all, Elway, like you said, Chad, he doesn't matter in this. He doesn't, you know, no one answers to Elway. His opinion really is a figurative uh, you know, de facto opinion right now. Uh, George Payton has obviously final say of the roster, but I think he's leaving the decisions of the roster and who plays to the coaching staff. If you're going to have an even Steven competition, though, how could you favor one quarterback? And coming out of that game, how could you still favor Teddy over Locke? You can still might want to see what Teddy can do against Seattle and might drag this on one more week, but how could you come out of that game being either as impressed <laughs> but from Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke or more impressed by Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know that one has a preference, but if they do, I would hope it would lean toward Locke. Travis Weber, what's up, brother? One of our great super supporters on Facebook says, how serious is Melvin Gordon's injury? So if you guys missed it, Zach had the article for us yesterday at milehighhuddle.com. Go give it a read. But it turns out he probably would have been held out of the game regardless, Zach. But one of the reasons Melvin Gordon did not play in Minnesota, he has a a groin injury. So do you want to tell everybody what he's dealing with? And I can pull up anything Fangio might've said about it today. I can tell you what I know, which is what Fangio uh, espoused to us, which that it's a minor injury. It sounds like, and it's nothing serious. Uh, he, he probably wouldn't have played like you said in, in the preseason game, but this, if this was a regular season game, I feel like the injury is not as bad where it would have held him out. We haven't heard about it to that point. No one picked up on the story and I think it was more precautionary than anything, but uh, it's a little worrying because groins can, you know, that's a really tricky spot to have an injury, especially for a running back with constant change of pace, constant moving, constant duress. One false move, he might be on the shelf again. And that's coalescing with Javante Williams looking really well. It seems like, though, Chad, real quick, it's always something with Melvin Gordon. It's either he's sitting out, he, he doesn't want to be in Denver, he's injured, he's ineffective. This is why I'm so happy as well the Broncos now have insurance in the form of Pookie. And what good, what a what a quality policy that insurance is. I mean, man, he looked good. He only carried the ball five times, as Zach mentioned early in the show, 5.8 yards per clip on those carries. And he scored, but it got wiped off the board on a Jerry Judy holding call. Still, man, got to be excited by what you've seen from Pookie early on. So here's Sam Bam. Appreciate you, brother. That's very generous of you. Much love. He said, what's up, Broncos country? Locks touchdown to Hamler had 56 air yards. Sorry, but Teddy and a lot of other cues can't make that throw. Right now, Drew is the starter. Let him hate. Go Broncos. Zach, it's funny because that same little segment I tuned into, I was I was listening to the fan today for, I don't know, two or three minutes, all right, on a, on a errand I ran. And uh, in that same conversation, Mark Schlereth said that, 80-yard bomb, which, as Sam Bam puts in here, 56 air yards, uh, is a throw every quarterback in the league can make. Every quarterback in the league at least should be able to make. And on one hand, that's true. When you got a, a wide receiver that has two steps on a guy over the top and there's no one behind him, you know, you would expect one of the 32 starting quarterbacks, every one of them, to be able to hit that throw. But at the same time, 
with Drew's ups and downs. And let's be honest, one of the downs aspects of his young NFL career, Zach, is, you know, he hasn't been the most accurate deep thrower for him to hit that. Obviously, you saw the air, the arm strength as he puts here, 56 air yards, but he hit him accurately. And that I don't think should be slept on. I don't think that's a, uh, you know, yawn what comes next type of play. That's a play that you do write home about, even though I still maintain that the second touchdown he threw was was yeah. more jaw-dropping to me. Yeah, you know, I hate generalizations, and this is a generalization that I'm going to pick apart. I have a couple opinions. Uh, first of all, I don't care about any other quarterback in the NFL. I care about the Broncos quarterback, so I'm going to judge them appropriately. It, it, there's a difference, though, hitting that ball in stride and, and not allowing the receiver to break stride and, and to continue going to the end zone. If a completion is a completion, but hitting that touchdown effortlessly versus the receiver maybe having to slow down, the defender catching up to him, a lot goes into a pass. We knew Locke had the arm talent, but the accuracy, like you mentioned, was in question. And, um, you know, it's a throw. I haven't put it on Twitter. I said, whispers, Teddy can't make that throw. You know, Paxton Lynch, I don't think, could have made that throw in stride. It takes a lot, and it's the one thing that Locke acknowledged he had to work on. The boneheaded mistakes last year largely were a result of inaccuracy. And I think once he cleaned that up, his lone weakness, sky's the limit. As you saw, 80-yard touchdown, wham, bam. One play, 80-yard drive, 17 seconds, seven on the board. It was, I mean, like I said, I thought – you know, and it's the type of play where when a quarterback is pressing or a quarterback's still kind of finding their groove or whatever, kind of still in that pocket of development, you expect it to be short or you expect it to maybe, I don't know, 56 air yards, but maybe long or wide of the mark or just off target. And so it was a confirmation, uh, confidence in boosting confirmation of sorts, Zach, that he is on the right track and he is developing the way he should. And that's something even Vic Fangio said today after – Obviously, he coached the game, but he's also now watched the film. <laughs> Shocker. Okay, he's, he's had his chance to watch the film, and he can now speak with confidence on the quarterback situation. But when asked directly, is Drew Locke seeing the field better? He said, yes, he definitely is. And that's, that's worthy of an article right there. In fact, I'll probably write that up later tonight. That's worth fans hearing. Uh, real quick, top star senders for today, Zeus, Howie, Travis, Andrew Lampy. Michael, Sean Miller, Ron Frey. Thank you, Ron. Andrew Baker, Kevin Carrillo, Gary Leeds Palmer, Zebulon. Thanks. We love you guys. Zeb, I got to give you some shine here. I've been cracking up at this comment since I saw it. Third and 16, Bridgewater drops back. He throws and hits this guy. Fourth and 10. That's a Bridgewater, you know, pioneered Broncos offense for you. That had me laughing. Thank you, Zeb. That is good. That is good. Props. Okay. Uh, let me see here real quick. Um, Trevor, what's up, brother? He says, what's up, fellas? Take it from me. The merch is the real deal. Mash that like button. HuddleUpPod.com. HuddleUpPod.com. Thank you for that testimonial, my friend. It does mean a lot to us. We're glad you're digging the gear. Here is the Duchess of MHH weighing in. Thank you, Michaela. Love you. She says, do you guys think Pookie will win Rookie of the Year, and what are his chances? Zach, I haven't looked at the at the over-under yet. Uh, or the odds, excuse me, on, you know, from Vegas, so to speak, on post week one of the preseason, who are the leaders for D-Roy or uh, for O'Roy. But I think he's up there. And if it ends up being, Zach, a season like you mentioned, where, I mean, last year, Melvin Gordon, you know, he had the uh, strep throat coincidentally on the same week that he got the Dewey, uh, at least was charged with the Dewey. 
Um, but for the most part, he was actually pretty available last year, which is if you look at his track record in, in LA slash San Diego, I mean, and it's no surprise Zach. running backs, it's a brutal position. It's hard on their bodies, the collisions, the tackling to the ground, all that stuff. It adds up a wears and tears, but he was pretty solid as far as availability last year. If he continues that streak this year, it's going to be hard. I think for Pookie to, you know, get garner enough of the share of the reps to probably produce enough stats to, to be the O'Roy. But if there's, if, 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 Pookie catches Melvin Gordon slipping even a little bit. He could kick the door wide open and be on his way to definitely being in the running for that, Michaela. Yeah, there's there's the own, you know, impediments in-house. You know, Melvin Gordon being in a timeshare, being in an offense surrounded by so many other weapons. But I'm also thinking on an NFL scale, when's the last time an NFL, you know, a running back run one, one rookie of the year? Was it Todd Gurley? Was it Adrian Peterson? I don't think that's an award that goes too often to running backs. That's almost exclusively to quarterbacks. And if uh, Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Fields, Mac Jones, any of them play decently well, I think they're going to be just on popularity alone. Rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, it's a lot like the Pro Bowl where popularity and name cachet count for more than they should. So Pookie should have a chance, and he'll be in the running. But as long as he's – Averaging again 5.8 yards per carry, you know, punching it in 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 the goal line to pay dirt. I think the Broncos are going to be very happy. And I did write up going into training camp a few months ago, uh, going into the offseason program. He was favored among all rookie running backs in the NFL, including Najee Harris, to lead uh, that group in uh, rushing touchdowns. So that's something to bear in mind. Zach, I want to catch up on a few of these supers that I'm able to pull up via share screen from the stream itself before we might lose him starting with Tom El Greco what's up brother up there in Canada thank you buddy he says Justin Fields played better than his predecessors in the draft talking about Trevor Lawrence Trey Lance and Zach Wilson what do you guys think thanks guys Zach I'm not gonna lie and tell you that I watched every snap of Trevor Lawrence Lance Wilson so I'm just gonna tell you that Justin Fields looked good all right in the limited reps that he got it is preseason it's gonna be limited uh, but I thought Lance looked legit. I haven't yeah. watched a lot of Wilson from last week and only a little bit of Lawrence's reps. Uh, but Fields, I would say it appeared Fields and Lance, probably even Steven, to quote Vic Fangio, in terms of who played best amongst the first-round cues in uh, game one. Well, I love how people are, are knocking Locke's performance for going up against second and third stringers, but that's exactly what Fields did, and he's getting all the credit for that. Um, I can't lie and say I watched the Jaguars game. I did see that. Did you see that half-ass block by Tim Tebow where he barely even got a shoulder? Check that out, Chad, on Twitter when you get a second. That's embarrassing on Tebow's behalf. He's on a tight end for sure. I didn't watch Zach Wilson. Trey Lance, though, has been looking dynamite all summer in training camp. He's making explosive throw after explosive throw. Again, this is the quarterback I think the Broncos wanted, and the Niners got a great one there. I'm not comparing, though. Let Chicago worry about fields and let the Broncos worry about Drew Locke. It's really as simple as that. Shout out to another Mount Rushmore superstar, BG. Appreciate you, brother. You know you uh, you demand. Uh, also, Tanner, wow, thank you, bro. That is very, very generous. Man, seriously. I mean, we say wow. it, and it, it sometimes I feel I worry, Zach that it comes off as like it, we don't mean it, you know, as insincere, but it is, I'm telling you right now, Tanner, this means very much 
uh, to Zach and myself and all the guys in, in, at MHH, we do appreciate it very, very much. And just know that it really does help keep this content moving on a day-to-day basis. So thank you, buddy. He says, what's up, Broncos country, and good evening, Priest. Glad to be back. Great pods, as always. Keep at it, you guys. We definitely will, Tanner. Thank you so, so much for your generosity. It floors us. Thank you. Speaking of generosity, the queen queen. from the top rope. Nay, the queen from on high, Mount Rushmore. Boom. Can you imagine that? Boom. She says everything fit together. Just And it's always Zach with Christy. It always has a numerical significance in this case, right? Symbolic. She says everything fit together just a little bit better. Consistency will be everything, though. In the meantime, I'm just going to kick back and enjoy watching how it all goes down and hope for the best. Thanks, as always, guys. And she leaves an orange heart. Christy, you are seriously the best, and you know we love you. Appreciate you. Yeah, the heart is definitely mutual. We love you so, so much. Yeah, and it's just, you know, consistency is everything, and that's that was Peyton's plan, and it pissed off a lot of Broncos fans that wanted – you know, instant success, instant gratification. They wanted the Rodgers or the Deshaun Watson, the Justin Fields, and Peyton had other ideas. He kept the incumbents together, the coaching staff and the quarterback, and at least through one preseason game, it's starting to pay dividends. I mean, it's surprising that Vic Fangio has yet to have a lot of success as a head coach because his coaching tree is formidable. I mean, so many of his assistants have gone on, especially lately, Zach, to hold prominent jobs around the league, whether it's position coaches getting coordinator jobs or position coaches getting coordinator jobs and then getting head coaching jobs. Vic Fangio knows what he's doing, okay? He knows how to call a defense. He knows how to coach defense. The question with Vic has always been, can you be more than the head coach of the defense? And fortunately, this time around, the combined efforts over time of John Elway and now George Payton have provided Vic with a lot more tools in the kit to really go out there and prove whether or not Zach, he can be that true head coach of the team, not just the defense. You know, it's, yeah, it's easy to have a scapegoat. It's easy to have someone else fall on the sword, but there's no time for that this year. It's, you know, it's, it's do or die crap or get off the pot, win or go home. So for that, that goes for Locke, that goes for a lot of players, veteran players, and it goes for the coaching staff. Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio are tied at the hip to whatever quarterback they choose, and they have to be at their best this year and coach up to their potential the same way we expect the players to play up to their potential. Here's John Houston with a second super chat. Thank you, John. He says, not to be rude, but I honestly did fall asleep (laughs) on my couch when Teddy was playing in the second quarter. Then I woke up and was like, oh, that's probably why. That's a little bit of a zinger, John. I feel you. Um, but listen, man, don't. I don't want to make light of how efficient he was. I mean, you know, the jokes are apropos. I get it. This isn't the first one of tonight on Teddy's day and falling asleep and all that stuff, right? But the dude moved the ball. That's what's important. Right. It wasn't just, hey, all he did was, con- uh, you know, complete – 90 some odd percent of his passes and they were all little dink and dunks which is mostly true even though that fade to trinity benson for the score was a nice ball but he moved the ball you know he did advance the offense he moved the needle and i don't want to sell him short on that zach no i don't either i don't want i'm not going to take any pot shots you know it's 
it's fair to say, even if you're a Bridgewater supporter, that the offense was more exciting in that game with Locke under center than Bridgewater. But if a Broncos quarterback can lead a touchdown drive, I'm not going to pick holes in that. If the final result is seven on the board, I don't care who's starting. Exactly. Especially after everything this fan base has been through, you know, relative to putrid offensive football, even dating back to the Super Bowl season, right? The last truly, like, prolific offensive year for Denver was Peyton Manning's 2014 campaign. When that's when he started losing some of his juice a little bit, especially down the stretch. He had that high ankle sprain. His stats started to suffer a little bit. The Broncos still, you know, got the, actually, now that I think about it, did they get the one seed that year? I'm not sure, but they did get the bye, And of course got upset at home by the Colts that year. But that was the last season in which you had truly prolific production. And you just didn't have to worry about the offense. And even more than that, Zach, you could turn on the game and be entertained by what the offense was doing for you. So here's to hoping we get to see some of that uh, in 2021. Kiaka, we're still lamenting the loss of Kiaka from last Wednesday. He was supposed to be on the show, but he had something come up. We're hoping, we hope then, we hope now everything's okay on that front, my brother. He says, fellas, something just feels different thus far, and I'm here for it. I'm very excited for this team. We will be surprising people outside of Dove Valley. And, and Kiaka, I'm pretty sure, um, I'm assuming here, Chad, that he's coming to the meetup in week three, Kiaka is, and we look forward very much so to meeting you and everybody else against the Jets on September 26th. Uh, yeah, it does feel different. That's what I was saying. I mean, it is preseason. The Vikings did not play well at all, but this team, the way they just came out and attacked and had a game plan, had a purpose, and, and played up to that purpose all the way around from the coaching to the quarterbacking, it does feel different. And I might eat these words. We all might eat these words if it goes south again. But for right now, I, it, intuitively, I feel like the, the winds of change are blowing in Dove Valley. Yes, Dave is wondering, was it Colin Cowherd that said Locke would have an MVP potential season last year? Kind of. What he said is that, you know, if you looked at the last couple of years preceding 2020, you had in consecutive years pop guys. You know, 2018, it was Patrick Mahomes popped kind of out of nowhere. Um, 2019, it was Lamar popping. Last year, he picked Drew Locke to be that guy that would pop. Ended up being more the year of, of Josh Allen, if we're talking about pop guys coming out of nowhere to just be absolute insane monsters. So, yes, it was Cowherd. I don't think he said MVP, but I could be misremembering that. What I remember, Zach, is pop. Yeah, I remember, you know, worst takes out there like Nick Wright, you know, 2-14 and 14 and all those kind of things. Um, but, you know, that's it, it, some people out there besides us realize the potential of, of Drew Locke and uh, it might not be MVP, but it could be what we saw on Saturday. Here's Michaela again, the Duchess repping the squad. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Michaela. Love you, Michaela. She said, I'm so annoyed by some of the people in the chat not even being able to acknowledge that Locke looked good and had a great game. Locked arrangement syndrome is too much. I know it's hard. And it's just the way, Zach, the way you put it about, you know, you got people in the chat literally eating their hearts out over the fact that Justin Fields looked good in his NFL debut completely ignoring on one hand that that came against backup units and yet using that as the reason why you shouldn't trust or, or dig what drew did right. in game one, because he went against twos. They don't see that rational, logical disconnect, but to people who can, who look, I'm just going to say, uh, 
can be a little bit more objective in how they're viewing things. It's pretty transparent what's going on there. I see the way you had to explain that. It's so convoluted. They have to make so many U-turns to arrive at their narrative, but they find a way to get there. Instead of just taking the easy route and admitting that Drew Locke played well, Michaela, though, you know, brush it off your shoulder, let him hate. You know, let's see what happens. Let him hate. Okay, there's a few more in the chat that I'll get here in a minute. Um, I want to... Actually, let me grab this one from uh, A. Rosé in the house. I almost always start saying I, but it's not I. It's A. Rosé. Here he is right here. Appreciate you, my friend. Two nights in a row in Super Chat. Love it. What's up, fellas? Just glad to see so many guys making plays. Seems like Drew made some great adjustments. Love that momentum. You guys rock. Denver Broncos for life. Appreciate you, you, brother. Yeah, it's uh, that's the thing about Drew. It wasn't just, you know, Chad, the ADR touchdown. I talked about this on KK and yesterday's pod. The ADR touchdown is one thing. That impressed me for sure. But, again, the other play where he went through his reads and he didn't stare down at one guy and he cycled through them. And when nothing was there, instead of forcing it, he ran and got some yardage and, and lived to fight another down. That is definite growth. And you can poo-poo it. You can downplay it. You can rationalize it away. But for Drew Locke from 2020 to 2021, that qualifies as development. We're seeing a more mature, poised, accurate quarterback out there. Just night and day difference, I think, from what we saw last season. How we freaking day. Trying to close the gap on Zeus for the leaderboard of today. Zeus still... Narrowly in the lead. Howie right behind him at 4,800 stars. Sean Miller, Travis Tarbox, Andrew Lampy, Michael, Ron, Andrew, Kevin, Claude, what's up, buddy? Gary, and of course, Zebulon. Thank you guys so much for that support. You know it means the world to us. Keep it coming. We're getting close to that goal very, very soon. I think it's almost fate accompli, Zach, that we are going to get to that goal before the regular season kicks off. Because of y'all out there. Y'all are the greatest. Honestly, the best. Thank you, guys. Uh, also, Steve Hearn, great to see you, buddy. I know every day now is us <laughs> taking a peek inside the mailbag. We are your football priests. We're here to offer you that absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. And it used to be only Thursday, Zach, that we would take questions. But that's just become a daily thing. That's, <clears throat> that's how we roll on these podcasts. And I think back to the times, Zach, when we would sit and – I don't want to use the word agonize, but we would just put a lot of time and yeah. effort into <laughs> writing up our rundown, what we're yeah. going to talk about today and, you know, setting it up and, and structuring the program. And not that there's anything wrong with that. We, it's not like we come in here and we don't have anything on tap or planned that we're going to do. We do, but it's not like it used to be in that sense because we let our community dictate what we're going to talk about today. And I think that's one of the reasons if I think about it, it's one of the reasons why our community is as dedicated, passionate, outgoing with MHH is that's a unique feature to what we do. Yeah, I would say for sure at the bare minimum, we were overthinking back then <laughs> the programming and uh, looking back on it, it's probably really cringeworthy. But, uh, you know, we came out with a, a game plan and if it wasn't for you guys, we'd still be probably trying to organize some things and, and plot some certain things out. But the best things in life, Chad, flow organically without having to push. They just come naturally. And this community and your guys support each and every single freaking pod ha has demonstrated that. So we can't thank you enough. Seriously. Broncos 2447 on YouTube says Justin Fields struggled 
I watched the game. He fumbled the ball twice. Luckily, he got it back. He almost threw nearly three interceptions, and we all say he's done amazing. This is the delusion, people. I don't know. Maybe, uh, I'm again, I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch every single snap of that Chicago preseason game, Zach, but I'm going to pop in and look at his stats. It's not really worth the, the time, I guess, but still, now, now – I want to see how he did. I want to see how he did relative to the hype, right? Guys, this isn't a Bears podcast, though. Again, let Chicago worry about their quarterback, and the Broncos can worry about theirs. He wasn't perfect. I think he fumbled, or he he got sacked, and he lost the ball. He he certainly wasn't flawless. He wasn't the worst quarterback, but he's a rookie, and he's had rookie struggles in, in training camp, as expected. He's still behind Andy Dalton. He's a backup right now, so let's treat him as such and as, as a quarterback that this podcast doesn't cover. Let Chicago worry about him. How crazy is it to think, sorry to derail the convo just for a second, how crazy is it to think that, let's see, 20, 19, 18, 17, four short years ago, Nick Foles hoisted the Lombardi Trophy, world champion, not only winning the Super Bowl, Zach, but knocking off the evil empire in the process. Just crazy to me. Uh, real quick, I just want to see what fumbles were credited here. Fumbles, fumbles, fumbles. It's yeah, he didn't just, lose one, apparently. So he was he credited with only one fumble. I'm not sure who the center is here. That They might have been credited with the other one. But uh, the only lost fumble came from, from Herbert. Uh, again, I, I, he played decently well, but it's a preseason game, and he was playing, you know, second and third stringers. And he should look that good, guys. Drew Locke and uh, Chad. One thing the comments mentioned in, in you know, in response to me saying uh, comparing Drew Locke and Fields going against backups, they said, "Well, he's a rookie, and Locke's in his third season now." Locke was a the forty second overall pick. Justin Fields was a first round draft pick, so it's really not comparable in that sense. He should be looking good against second and third stringers. It should be that case. Randy Foster, it's great to see you, my friend. He is uh, newer as a Super Chat superstar, but he is being consistent. So, Randy, we see you. Thank you, buddy. I think, says Randy, Broncos fans need to root for the Broncos first and foremost. Team ceiling is higher with Drew, no doubt. Can't wait to meet y'all September 26th. Yes, it's going to be a gas. We've got the rooms booked. We've got the tent made up. We're ironing out some of the final details, but it's... Shoot, Zach, it's little more than a month away till we'll be slapping hands face-to-face with our community. It's going to be fun. Yeah, Randy's reached out on Twitter and sent some very supportive uh, DMs and messages. So definitely appreciate you, Randy. We can't look, you know, can't wait to meet you. Looking forward to it. And everyone else out there, again, guys, we are hosting a MHH Huddle Up Pod meetup September 26, week three, the Broncos home opener before they beat the Jets that afternoon. We want to see everyone there if we can and look forward to it. Tarbox says, absolutely, Patrick Sertan II is the truth, and I believe Locke will ball out this year. Yeah, that's one of the things that I think should have, you know, on on the Justin Fields topic, just for a second, I'm going to take it from Fields, but on the first round, shoulda, woulda, coulda, that whole thing. I mean, it'd be one thing, Zach, I could understand maybe a little bit more if some fans would be eating their hearts out. If Justin Fields goes out in his preseason debut and looks good, but the Broncos quarterback struggle and the first round pick they took in place of fields either sucked or nothing special to really take note of. But none of that, that's two, two of those three factors are untrue, right? Field did look good. Yes. There's the one thing that is true in that scenario. 
but Locke balled out. Bridgewater looked good. And PS2 100% proved as advertised. Like this dude, I was a little bit just this much of a, of a PS2 skeptic in the draft. He wasn't my number one guy. As you guys know, I was a JC Horn guy. But hey, man, the scales have fallen off my eyes on PS2. All right, I'll fall on that sword 100%. This dude to me looks like guaranteed, bona fide, plug and play, Pro Bowl caliber talent, pretty much out of the gates. You are exactly right. I'm going to kind of make the same point you made, kind of flipping it a little differently. I think George Payton, by taking Sertan over Fields or Mac Jones, any other quarterback, he was, this was his logic. And again, this is my speculation. I can have a quarterback or I can hope that Drew Locke pans out or Teddy Bridgewater and have a quarterback and have Patrick Sertan the second on top of that. So it's two for one instead of taking one for one. And there might be a chance where Drew Locke bombs, Teddy Bridgewater bombs, Fields goes on to have a great season or a great career. But uh, George Payton took that chance. And again, I'm going to say this point as of uh, August 16th, coming out of the first preseason game, Two big play, mistake-free touchdown drives by Drew Locke, and PS2 had a pass breakup and a pick six in his debut. What more could you have asked for, and why are we still talking about Fields, given that the quarterback looked good and the guy they took instead of Fields looked really good? Guys, I know the last five years have, have sucked, okay? But let us not become a fan base that just thrives on misery, that is constantly looking for the hole in the boat. Don't be that guy. Don't be that gal. Don't be that fan. No one Celebrate likes that person. The good things, okay? Yeah. And sometimes you got to search for the good things to maintain that mindset. But after last week, Zach, you don't have to search too hard when it comes to the Denver Broncos. So here's Tony DA Dub out in Los Angeles. Love you, bro. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well. Hope your business is thriving, my friend. He said, Yes, I will be there for the opener. Stoked. And four other games. Can't wait. Great to see Drew, Ball, and Teddy as well. Best case scenario for us. Just have to say, KJ Hamler reminds me of Deshaun Jackson. Thoughts? Go Broncos. I definitely can see that, Zach. I can as well. I said it last year. If only because of the hamstring injuries. That's what Deshaun was known for, if not for his speed. Uh, but yeah, when and again, if you want to make the Deshaun Jackson comp, if you're third receiver is Deshaun Jackson and your fourth receiver is Tim Patrick and your first two are Jerry Judy and, and Cortland Sutton. You throw in Noah Fan as well, Javante Williams. Melvin. This is just such a talented offense. And that's why we're seeing with, with competent quarterbacking and, and competent play calling what they could be all coming together. It's exciting. Sean on Facebook. Thank you for the star, Sean. So glad we didn't draft Fields. I'd rather take the experience that Locke has over a rookie quarterback let's move forward not start over hashtag let him hate go broncos hashtag give drew lock another chance give drew lock another chance i'm with you on that it's not as if he's shown you absolutely nothing to justify getting a chance right like this dude has done some pretty remarkable things it just sucks that his tenure in denver for him all right it sucks came on the heels of the worst losing streak in team history that's really why he's been used as a, a voodoo doll, right? Bing, 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 bing. Broncos fans taking out all their angst and disappointment and just everything that's been going on with the team on Drew, but trying to dispense with that and focus on, hey, what is, wh- hey, we don't, we're not like professional uh, 
football personnel scouting guys, right? That's not us. George Payton, though, that's all he does. Zach and I, we're, yeah, we're football analysts. We're scholars of the game and we're students of the game. But the paychecks we collect is not sitting there breaking down film all day long, uh, coaching, talking to players, talking to other coaches out there. That's, that's not us, but it is George Payton and it is that staff. Trust that they gave Drew that shot again this year for a reason. And, and trust the judgment of, of the men that, you know, have been installed in power in the Broncos hierarchy, including George Payton. And, you know, since you guys want to talk about Fields so much, can, let's just separate for a second then the argument Fields versus Locke. How about Fields versus Patrick Sertan? You want to talk about rookie debuts? Well, I don't think Fields' rookie debut was as impressive from a player standpoint as PS2 when his opportunity was limited and he still had a defensive touchdown and a pass breakup. The way he closes on the ball is insane. His length is insane. I think he's the next champ Bailey in Denver. So why can't we talk about that? Why isn't that the narrative? Why isn't that the headline instead of the guy they quote-unquote should have drafted instead? Claude, and by the way, guys, we're running out of time, so we'll try and get to everyone as best we can. Claude says, and thank you for the stars, Claude, he may be efficient, but it was super boring talking about Teddy. I nodded off for a few myself when Teddy was in. No knock. I like the guy, just not super exciting. Regardless, I support anyone in the orange and blue. And, Zach, I think that's the that's the right mindset to have. And Kiaka confirming he's coming from across the placid, beautiful Pacific Ocean from Hawaii to be there September 26th. And we're stoked to hear everything's cool, by the way. Good to hear. So we look forward to that, buddy. Let me see here. I'm trying to not lose. Uh, I'm not sure what this means. 100 stars for Zach's chiropractor. You popping your neck or something on camera? <laughs> Was that audible? I probably should have muted myself. Yeah. I, t- <laughs> I don't have one, but I probably should. I crack my neck way too much. Um, Michael says, I would like to shout out to all the priests in the Mile High Huddle podcast. I enjoy the pods 24-7, seven days a week. Go Broncos. Hey, appreciate that. And you know what, Michael? Not, not just the support in the conversation, not just the stars and your supporting us. After the show, Zach, he's hitting us up, get t- giving us props, giving us encouragement, you know, talking about the podcast on social media. So we appreciate you, bro. And he does that literally every day for every single podcast. Michael, you are one of the most dedicated fans out there and listeners out there, and we have definite love for you. Thank you. Uh, Travis, got to say MHH is on the top of all Broncos pods. Keep doing what you are, Priest. Hey, means a lot, buddy. And I agree uh, for what it's Opethian. worth. Opethian, 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 bro. I always butcher butcher your name. I'm looking good in the. You like the black SI Mile High Huddle shirt? Good to know. And I, dude, guys, I I was hoping I would get my AC mini split fixed today, right? Of course, if your AC in your brand new office is going to go out, it's going to go out on a weekend when the manufacturers tech support people don't work, right? So I ended up going out and getting a wall unit or a window unit to get me by in the short. Called today. Soonest I can get someone here to fix the issue is Friday. So I'm rolling with this uh, window unit, and it just doesn't quite do the job as well as, you know, the, the wall-hung version. And so that's why I'm not even wearing a hat, dude. I can't wear I'll, I'd be sweating too much, and already it's a little gleamy on the top of my dome. So I'm just rolling with the black shirt. But, guys, that's why you're hearing some fans. And If you hear a little bit of – it's on my end. 
there's no getting around it till I get this thing fixed and then we can get back to normal. Uh, Naj, what's up, dude? Good to see you. Thank you for the support, brother. Another one of our longtime ride or die superstars he says, Hey brothers, I get it's preseason, but the flow of the game was great. Coaching seemed better. Special teams was better. The O-line looked good. Thoughts? 100% agree on every front. There was really nothing in particular I could really pick a bone with in terms of the Broncos. There was a few little individual performances. We talked about them last night, risers, fallers. Um, but overall, yeah, you got to be excited by the fact that this team looked that good while resting 20-some-odd starters. Yeah, that's a that's a point that a lot of uh, naysayers coming out of the game, you know, fail to to realize is that the Broncos also rested a lot of players, not just Minnesota did. But yeah, the coaching definitely and Pat Shermer was the biggest standout. And it might be the only time this year I say that, but he was a a shining star in that performance, and he was a big reason why the offense looked so good, uh, along with the quarterbacking. I don't know about specials, though. I still think Tom McMahon is by far and away the worst coordinator on the team and one of the worst in the league. That kick, in the, the operation doesn't look flawless just yet. Though I will say, Chad, I had one thought to myself. Did I see Sam Martin at all? And I had to look it up, and I think he had two punts. And that's really a good thought to have after the last five years of Denver football, wondering if I saw the punter in a game. All right, guys, we are about out of time, so I am – just making sure on the back end as best I can, we can not miss, make sure we don't miss anybody. Okay. I think we're pretty good. Tony again. Thank you, brother. Fields plays for a different orange and blue one with a C on the helmet. We only talk about the one with the D on it. It's all about PS2 lock or Teddy go Broncos. Let them hate. Amen, brother. Throw some G's on it. Sorry. Um, Okay. I'm looking here. Before we dip on out, making sure there's nothing. Uh, Zebulon, Pro Bowl players are going to be riding the pine because of PS2. You could be right on that, brother. Sean wants to know, do you think we can go undefeated in the preseason? Doesn't matter. Yeah, but doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, you don't really worry. It's a nice thing. Like, this is something Vic Fangio talked a little bit about. Like, hey, it's an exhibition game. If you lose that game, you know, it's not like you're – at the, on the verge of abject breakdown, right? But if you, when you win the game and, or if you go undefeated in the preseason, it's not – in fact, it's often a very poor indicator of what the team does in the regular season. But nevertheless, it's a good boost. It's a good confidence boost. It's a momentum builder. It's starting on the right foot, all that stuff. So if they can go undefeated, it's only a good thing, but it doesn't really matter. No, I mean, in the preseason, if they lose a game 41-14, let's say, but the offense looks amazing, I'm not going to really bat an eyelash. But if they win a game 41-14 and the offense threw two pick sixes or didn't look like they would know what they were doing, uh, then I would be more concerned. So I'm not going to go by score or wins and losses. I'm going to grade how the players played in these games because that's the more accurate representation, I think, of the regular season to come. By the way, Keith Brugman saying, hey, guys, make sure you go check out Mike Zimmer's post game following the, the Bronco-Viking game. Uh, I watched some of it, but I'll go back and double check it and see uh, what you're talking about there, my friend. Thank you for the assist. Shout out. Oh, go ahead, Zach. I just want to add, I was looking through the transcripts of the quotes we got from the game. Mike Zimmer did not credit the Broncos at all, I noticed, for how they played. It's a, I, I kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, he said that his, the players got confused on the 80-yard touchdown and they were wrestling a lot of player. It was all really either self-blame for his players or excuses. He didn't credit Denver, which I thought was odd. 
I'm a Zimmer guy. Like long before he was a Minnesota head coach, uh, I loved him all the way dating back to his time as, as a linebackers coach at Dallas, then a defensive coordinator, then defensive coordinator in Cincy. And that one hard knock season, man, uh, when they were in Cincy with Marvin Lewis, and there was a few shots of Zimmer in his office, and you see behind him, dude, like you see behind me right now, stacks of, of amplifiers and stuff like that for guitars. Behind Mike Zimmer was stocks, uh, stacks of boxes of Red Man chewing tobacco. I mean, like insane amounts of freaking chewing tobacco. But I just, I've always liked him. But if it rubbed you wrong, and that's, I'll go check it out, bro. Uh, shout out Albert Knoppers, one of our great supporters and just a good friend as well. It's great to see you, buddy. Hope the missus is doing well. Give Michelle my best. Um, okay. Burning questions. I'm, I know there's one or two here, Zach. I'm going to grab them and then we'll do one last update on today for the stars on Facebook. And then we'll have to say good night and bye for now, but it's only for now. So let not your hearts be troubled. All right. Let me see here. Stand by, guys. Sorry to, to keep you with the dead air for just a second here. Oh, here we go. No way, man. Welcome. Thank you for being a supporter. That's not a name I recognize, Zach. So welcome. Thank you. Connect with us on Twitter. He says, great show, guys. Love to everyone in the Broncos family, and I hope everyone has a great night. Go Broncos. Very sweet message, Zach, to help us close out tonight's stream. Yeah, Wayman, I saw your support in the comments as well. I I definitely appreciate it, and uh, keep them coming. Your interaction with us means a lot. Okay, I just uh, I think that does it on YouTube. Zach, if you wouldn't mind going through our final matters of business, and then I'm going to pull up the final uh, leaderboard for today. Yes, guys, we hope you have the great rest of your Monday evening. This was the Huddle Up Podcast, and we appreciate you tuning in with us for the Huddle Up Pod. You can follow our show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, film breakdowns, and so much more at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter, as you can see, at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't already, go to huddleuppod.com and get your swag on. We just talked about it a few minutes ago. We can get yourself a hat, shirt, coffee cup, gator, anything you want. It's probably in that store. Also, facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. Hit that big blue button. Become a supporter today. Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, Trickle Zone, exclusive shows every weekend. More on the way. We appreciate each and every one of you tuning in and interacting there. And Facebook.com, guys, uh, slash Mile I Huddle Pod. Like the page and follow the page. But if you can't do any of those things, we still love you. Promise you, just do these three things that help us grow and reach more Broncos fans like you. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every single video you see on the MHH channel. We appreciate it. It's helping our channel become bigger and better, and more things are on the way. Okay, here is the final tally for today's stream on Facebook. And, Zach, we have a a new leader on the day. Inexplicably, Howie frickin' Day has frickin' jumped frickin' Zeus. Upset alert. Mile high salute, Howie. Props, dude. 58, too. Nice nice number. Christy Whittest. Formidable. Sean Miller up there very high as well. Wow, Sean. You the man, dude. Thank you. By the way, cute little doggy you got there in your profile pic. Andrew Lampy, thank you, brother. I mean, the generosity here and the support. Michael, Randy, uh, Ron Frey, Andrew Baker, Kevin, Claude, Gary, Zebulon, and Brad Murdoch, another OG supporter of MHH and great community guys. So, you guys, thank you so much. As Zach said, have a great start to your week. We're off tomorrow. You get building the Broncos. And don't forget, in the morning, you get Broncos for breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. 
And then we'll be back Wednesday to see what's what. So appreciate you guys, Zach. Sign us on off. Yes, sir. Take care, Chad. Take care, everyone out there. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.